This is your favorite sports podcast on the official Moose's Mulligans website. Montgomery comes set. The pitch to Zim. Swing and a high fly ball. Deep left field. Zobers back at the warning track. At the wall. It's gone! It's gone! It's gone! Goodbye! It's a home run! It's a three-run homer for Brian Zimmerman! Now here's your host, Alex Streisick. Welcome to Moose's Mulligans, where money talks and BS walks on your favorite sports podcast. Make sure to check us out at facebook.com slash Mulligans. Give us a like for all the latest news. Go to moosesmulligans.weebly.com to visit our official website. No way! Got a great show for you here. We're going to preview the National League and American League, starting with our first division preview leading into the MLB season. It's so exciting. We're already getting there. It's spring training. So this episode's going to have the National League East and the American League East for all you listeners on the East Coast. Oh, this is fun, huh? So starting with the National League, we're going to go in order of how I project them to finish in the standings. And it's not going to surprise many people in the NL East that I have the Miami Marlins at the bottom of it right now. Uh, that's what happens when you trade away a potential all-star, uh, I mean, a potential MVP candidate in Giancarlo Stanton. And Christian Yelich was starting to get there, too. Uh, JT Real Muto is still there. When I'm looking at their lineup, uh, they added Cameron Maben. But, I mean, and they, they took a lot of hits, obviously, and, and went for more prospects. You know, uh, Luis Brinson comes over from the Brewers. Pitching-wise... Uh, they're young with a lot to learn. Adam Conley, if he can stay consistent and stay healthy, then he has a chance to be a star. Same with Jose Arena. But otherwise, this is just a real rebuilding team that's doing a Philadelphia 76ers on us, and we'll see how it plays out for them. Yeah, they're in a real race to the bottom, and I think the Marlins are going to win it. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Now, the next three teams in this division that are just really hard to tell between are the Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves. Now, I'm just going to knock the Mets out right now because it depends on their pitching big time. I mean, with Jacob deGrom and you have Noah Syndergaard, Thor back healthy for now. If he can stay healthy, then they're serious contenders. They have Matt Harvey, depending on how he bounces back. You have Steven Matz coming off an injury. They signed Jason Vargas to be a veteran in there. So they, they have way, way too many question marks for me to really know where to put them. So I, they have the chance to be a wild card team. They have a chance to be fighting the Marlins for the last team in the whole National League, like what the Giants did last year. So, I mean, adding a veteran bat and Todd Frazier and Adrian Gonzalez will be interesting. I'm... I call it putting a band-aid on for now because they do have younger players in the minor leagues that just aren't ready yet. And Ahmed Rosario at shortstop, we'll see how he does in his first full season. Uh, Yohannes Cespedes is still there. They signed Jay Bruce back. So, I mean, their pitching is the real, real question. If they can stay consistent enough for this team to compete. Now, the next team I'm going to look at, the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, this team is a little harder for me to read because they're so young. 
They have Rice Hawkins, Hoskins moving to left field from first base, who had an unbelievable second half last year. The signing of Carlos Santana caused that, so we'll see that added switchy bat. He's really good at getting on base, Carlos Santana, but doesn't have much speed when he gets on, so I'm interested to see how this works with the Phillies, especially in the National League when you don't have a DH. There'll be an outfield battle between Aaron Altair and Nick Williams. Odubel Herrera will be manning center. It's a, it's a pretty good lineup. Michael Franco is still learning, still young, but uh, it's a pretty solid lineup all the way through, and uh, the young shortstop, J.P. Crawford, will be given a shot. I think he'll be starting opening day for the Phillies. Moving over to their pitching, Aaron Nola has to be considered the ace for them right now. They are still going through some learning pains with him and Jared Eikhoff. But uh, their bullpen, Hector Neris, is always a sneaky good closer. And I think it could actually make a big difference in whether they are above the Braves and the Mets fighting for a wild card spot. Now moving up to the Braves, this is a team that totally demoed this team. I mean, this is a long way from when Chipper Jones was playing for these guys with Andrew Jones. It's a completely different process than what I'm used to seeing in Atlanta. Freddie Freeman's still there. Uh, Danzy Swanson had an off year, obviously. His first year as a complete major leaguer was a disappointment. But you add in young Ozzy Albies and Johan. I think Johan Camargo is going to start at third base for them, which would be really interesting to watch how they all work together, especially I th Freddie Freeman is an MVP candidate in the three-hole, of course. That always helps a team. But their outfield's a little weak to me. If, you know, Ender Inciarte is a great outfielder, but he's their best outfielder. So they're, they're still young, they're still learning, and this that's been the trend for the NL East right now, except for the Mets. The Mets just seem to be kind of closing the leaks on the ship right now, trying to still ride it forward after coming just short of winning a World Series against the Royals. And it might be time for the Mets to move on, to be honest. But before I go totally away from the NL East, look at the Braves pitching real quick. Julio Terran, I honestly thought it... He'd be a Cy Young candidate at this point of his career coming up on this season. That's obviously not the case right now. Injuries have, and uh, inconsistency throwing strikes have just kept him too far out. But uh, having uh, Mike Voltanevich and Sean Newcomb really do a good job of rounding out the rotation. I don't know about Brandon McCarthy as a starter. It kind of seems like when they brought Bartolo Colon in, they're just kind of buying time to get the young guys ready. Now the one team we haven't talked about... And that's because it's the only team in this division, I think, really built to make a World Series run right now is the Washington Nationals. Now, the only reason they're really built for a World Series run is because after this year, they're losing a lot of guys. This has to be their year for the Nationals. They have to sell out. Bryce Harper's going to be a free agent. They have a lot, a lot of players they're going to be losing. So when you look at their lineup, you have Adam Eaton coming back healthy, Trey Turner coming back healthy. Bryce Harper had a whole healthy year last year and looked good. That's your one, two, three. That's that's a great start to a lineup. You add in Ryan Zimmerman, who's had this unbelievable resurgence. Daniel Murphy's very solid at second base as long as he's healthy. He's having some injury, pro injury problems right now. And then Anthony Rendon, very underrated third baseman. Uh, you have a kind of dilemma in center. Michael A. Taylor started to show the whole progress we were expecting i mean he, he had a lot of hype coming up and he still hasn't lived even close to it but we'll we'll see how he does this season i think he's going to get the everyday job in center field and their pitching right now is no joke yeah i mean when you're opening with max scherzer that's a great start you have steven strasberg right behind him injury problems will be the only question geo gonzalez is always 
hit and miss, but he's been hit a lot more than miss lately. Tanner Roark, very underrated at the back of the pen. And I still think they need to add one more starter, whether it be like someone of the Lance Lynn type. I know Jake Arrieta is still a free agent. If you're selling out for one year, why not? Because I'm not sure A.J. Cole can really be their fifth starter for an entire season. So I still think they have a long way to go. But they did a great job of helping their bullpen this last year. Sean Doolittle looks ready to go. And this is the only team that really looks ready to make a World Series run from this division. The Mets trying to say they are, but the, I'm, I'm still questioning their manager decision. I'm still questioning how Matt Harvey and Syndergaard are going to stay healthy and strong with, with Steven Matz as well, too. So uh, I'm, I'm Obviously, the Nationals are the favorite in this division, but I think it's for a good reason. Really? All right, moving over to the American League East. Uh, it's going to surprise people where I'm starting here. I'm I, The bottom of this division to me is the Toronto Blue Jays. I've been hearing it for five, six years that they're going to be the team that's going to upset the Red Sox or Yankees in this division. They're, they're always the team that's going to do it. They're going to, you know, and I'm, I, I don't think so. I, I haven't really thought so the past three years. Uh, I'm... I know Josh Donaldson's a very good hitter, and Justin Smoke had a great, great surge this last year in his age 30 season, which is very rare to see. But when they had Edwin Encarnacion and Jose Batista, and that wasn't enough, they they've added Curtis Granderson and Randall Grichik. I mean, I don't I don't think that's much better from that time. So I don't I don't see much of a difference. Kendry Morales at the DH is still shaky to me for an everyday guy. And uh, Devin Travis isn't, you know, when you're looking at, which we'll get to the other ALEs teams here, these other contenders like the Nationals have Adam Eaton batting leadoff, and they have uh, they have Bryce Harper hitting three-hole. For the Blue Jays, it's like Devin Travis is hitting leadoff, and they're going to hit, what, Justin Smoke three-hole? It's, it's not the same to me. On the pitching side, they do have an ace in Marcus Stroman. He's, he's legit. Uh, he he's gonna be solid, throw good innings for the Blue Jays, and that's not gonna be a problem. The problem is gonna be who's throwing after him. Aaron Sanchez is still in between the bullpen starter guy. We'll see if he can start for an entire year. Uh, J. A. Happ, I I've never really been a believer for how much money he got. Marco Estrada and Jaime Garcia, it's it's starting to fall off. They're starting to fall off. Like if you look at the tiers of pitchers, that's starting to get pretty low. So I, I, I don't see the Blue Jays being much of a threat this year. Now moving over down to the team that I don't think they should still be in Tampa Bay, but that's a fight for another day. The Tampa Bay Rays, who are still trying to get a new stadium and still haven't, still playing on a crappy turf in the trop. Uh, they added Denard Spand and Carlos Gomez. Uh, I'm not totally so I mean I can see the young players I can see the rebuilding but they never seem to keep them anyway they traded Evan Longoria to the Giants uh, I mean Kevin Kiermaier is an unbelievably defensive center fielder you, you, you add a hard swinging outfitter like Carlos Gomez that's not bad but 
whenever you designate for assignment an all-star just to get more cash that you never spend, I'm going to have a problem with that. CJ Crones at first instead of having Corey Dickerson in the lineup, that's ridiculous to me still. Now the Rays have traded away Jake Odorizzi, but they still have their ace Chris Archer. Behind him, <laughs> not much going on. Nathan Eovaldi, we've seen him uh, We've seen him really shine in one start, and you're like, oh my god, this guy's going to be unhittable. And then right after that, it's right back to a 6-7 ERA. The control problems are just too much. They have young Blake Snell. I think it's too early to call him ready to be a number one or two for this team. So it's putting a lot of pressure on him. They don't need to. And honestly, that's it for them. There's not there's not much else. Uh, they have Alex Colome in the pen, who's solid. But uh, in this division that's built so it's built so strongly for this year, and the Yankees are still built for the future, which I'll I'll, I'll get into in a minute. But I don't think the Rays are in a really good spot to contend for this division right now. Now that hasn't stopped them before, but for now, I'm going to say it stops them. Moving over to the team that I think should be selling and is not. They still think they have a chance. The Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles got a great gift in Tim Beckham at the trade deadline this last year. Unbelievable job by him. He really embraced being on a new team and finally living up to the hype of that number one overall pick. Uh, they still have a lot of potential with guys like Trey Mancini. Jonathan Scope has looked very good. And they have the, of course, guy who was talked about being traded, didn't get traded, Manny Machado. But it's, to me, they should be selling because as soon as I scroll down to pitching, I've see, I see Dylan Bundy, who we've seen flashes of both really good and really bad. They added Andrew Kashner. I mean, Kashner was traded for Rizzo. He's never lived up to that hype. You have Kevin Gossman. And <laughs> we've seen the struggles for that. Baltimore Oil fans will vouch for that. And Chris Tillman's still there. So there's there's still not the rotation needed to to win this division. I mean, maybe they have a chance if like there's a big injury to a Red Sox or Yankee, but that's only for a wild card. And I don't in a one wild card game. I mean, if you have to pitch against like a Sonny Gray, a Tanaka, a Chris Sale, a David Price, and you're throwing Dylan Bundy or Andrew Kashner, probably not going to bet on you. And part of the game these days is you have to be willing to pay the money to win a championship. In a sense, you have to be willing to get these prospects, and then when they turn out like Manny Machado or Jonathan Scope, you need to have the money to keep them. And the Orioles right now don't look like they're willing to spend the money to keep Machado. They won't sign him to a long deal. And it's that's part of the problem. Is That's what's going to happen. You're going to not be able to win if you're not going to invest in it. So now moving over to the million-dollar question. Between the two teams that look like they've re... There's a rebirth in this rivalry. These two teams are loading up for this season to go head-to-head. -head. And I'm going to start with the Boston Red Sox. Obviously, having Mookie Betts and Andrew Benatendi on your corner outfield is going to be a great start. But then when you add in J.D. Martinez, you got something good. J.D. Martinez will be great for Fenway Park. I mean, that he is a great opposite field hitter. But just, th <laughs> just think about the ones he's hit the left field at Comerica Park that didn't get out. He's playing at Fenway now. Those are going to get out. You add him right in the middle of that lineup with a young Rafael Devers 
and a growing Jackie Bradley Jr. who's still striking out way too much. I know it's a new age in baseball, but there becomes a point where it's a problem still. And they got Eduardo Nunez back. That's a great utility, man. He can play short, second, third. He's going to steal bags, get on base. That, that's a great ad. I, I was really kind of mad at the Yankees for not putting Nunez at third base. I, I like Brandon Drury, but I still think they need one more player. Nunez could have been either. He could have moved around very, very well. I think he's worth the money for sure. But that just totally rounds up the lineup from Betts to Nunez, top to bottom. That's solid. He's still got Xander Bogarts at shortstops. Very, very good defensively. Getting better at the plate. And they don't really lose anything in the rotation. I've never really been a big David Price fan. It seems like playoffs always seem to get to him, which we talked about on this show before about small sample sizes. His sample size is getting pretty big like Clayton Kershaw where it's starting to become an issue in the playoffs. But what we've seen from Chris Sale as a Red Sox has been unbelievable. He's kind of been worth the prospect of Yoan Moncada so far if the Red Sox can do something these next two years with him. They have these next two years really with Chris Sale to really prove that that trade was worth it because Yoan Moncada is an emerging star who's, he's what, 21 years old? So that's, <laughs> that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out, but the good news is they do have an ace, and behind him they have someone in David Price and Rick Porcello, that usually will end a losing streak really fast. Their bullpen still has Kimbrell, they're, they're still a very, very, very solid team, and I they're better than last year when you add J.D. Martinez. So, the team that's going to be competing with them, I'm not going to say, because it's baseball, anything can happen, I'm not, but as of right now, it looks like one of these teams is going to win the AL East, the other is going to host the wild card game, and that other team is the New York Yankees. Now, everybody didn't know how to react at first when the Yankees said that they were going to rebuild and blow it up, and it turned out it only took six months for Yankee fans to start getting what they wanted already. You got a great young player in Aaron Judge who's still figuring out the strikeouts, but that's fine when you hit 50-plus home runs. You get Jim Carlos Stanton for pretty cheap, by the way. So now you don't have to pay for Bryce Harper next year in free agency. You get Giancarlo Stanton right now, and you have control of him for eight years. You add in Didi Gregorius, who's an emerging star at shortstop. We already knew his defense was great. Now he's not just hitting. He's hitting for power, and that's great at Yankee Stadium for a lefty to be hitting for power. Still some questions between Glaber Torres and Tyler Wade at second, but it looks like Brandon Drury will be the third baseman they just added. Great emergences from Brett Gardner had a career year last year. Aaron Hicks in center looked great. And you have a young Clint Frazier who's battling some injuries, but the odd man out is obviously Jacoby Ellsbury, so it'll be interesting to see how the Yankees handle this. But the guy who's back that's healthy, also Greg Bird at first. And you forget that Gary Sanchez is still on this team. That's a lot of pop for a small stadium. Now looking at the pitching, I think the Yankees did a good job of getting Sonny Gray last year because they have control of him for a good amount of time, and you add him with Masahiro Tanaka, and Luis Severino has been great for the Yankees. You know, he's everything Michael Pineda was supposed to be for them. And uh, CC Sabathia really, really changed himself, and working with Andy Pettit on a cutter obviously looked like a good call. And the interesting thing is going to be the, e the end of the rotation for the Yankees. you got Jordan Montgomery, you've got Adams, you got Dylan Tate, there's rumors of trades for Carson Fulmer. Right now, I think Jordan Montgomery is the most polished, and I think he should earn the fifth spot. He's been having a great spring training, too, so far. Obviously, the thing the Yankees have really 
been known for is their power and their bullpen. When you still have Conley, you still have Robertson, you still have Chapman, Dylan Batanza's not throwing strikes seems like less of a problem. To most teams, that would be the death of their bullpen. Yankees are deep enough to not have to worry about it. So that's what I'm really excited to see is the Yankees and Red Sox head-on collision. Now, injuries are obviously going to be a factor. We'll see how much it does factor in. But if these teams can stay relatively healthy, we're going to have one heck of a season between these two teams. So I think the best way to really look at it right now is let's let's go spot by spot to compare the Yankees and Red Sox. First, I'm going to give the starting pitching to the Red Sox. Chris Sale, David Price, Rick Porcello, very, very reliable for 162 games. I love Severino, I love Tanaka, I love Sonny Gray, but it's a long season. Not saying I would take the Red Sox in the playoffs, it's still debatable on that, but for 162 games, yeah, I'm going to take the Red Sox rotation. Bullpen-wise, I'm going to give it to the Yankees. They're way, way deep in their bullpen. It's unbelievable what they can do. And in a 15-16 inning game, they may give up one run as from the seventh inning on when the starter comes out. It's unbelievable. The Red Sox do have a good bullpen, but I don't think anybody has as good a bullpen as the Yankees. Moving over to the lineups, it's really hard to not pick the Yankees when their two-hitter won the home run derby, their three-hitter won the home run derby the year before and was supposed to be a repeat champ, but didn't because he was knocked out by the four-hitter for the same team. That's, that's a lot of pop. Now, the Red Sox do have a better defensive outfield with Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley, and Benatendi. But the Yankees aren't that far off. I mean, Gardner doesn't have an arm, but he's got range. Uh, Hicks has good range and a good arm. Judge and, and Stanton are actually very good defenders. When you look at the stats, they're very good dis- defenders in right field. So it's not as big a gap. But the question is going to come into, do the Yankees, uh, it's literally almost, I never usually want to say this, but can the Yankees hit more home runs or enough home runs? So it's, it's still really hard to break it down. And either way, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, you look at those three hitters in a row for the Yankees. You can't intentionally walk all three. I mean, you can intentionally walk all three, but it's not usually a good strategy. All right, that's all the time we have for this episode of Moose's Mulligans. It's been an unbelievable experience recording it here in Honolulu, Hawaii. Now, because of this trip... There will not be an episode next week, so relax, enjoy the sunsets, enjoy the beach. Wait, that might just be me, but... So, two weeks from now, we'll catch you here on Moose's Mulligans, where money talks and BS walks on your favorite sports podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you never try-